With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Think you know the Brooks Ghost? Think again. Introducing the all-new, better-than-ever Ghost 16. Now with nitrogen-infused cushioning for lightweight, supreme softness that feels good every step, every street, every single day. So go ahead. Take your daily joyride in the all-new nitrogen-infused Ghost 16. It'll turn your everyday miles into everyday endorphins. Let's run there. Head to brooksrunning.com to learn more. Welcome back to another edition of the Skating Penguin Network Mailbag. I am Garrett Pahanna. As always, alongside me, my my co-hosts who are still here after all that they've put me through, Robbie Noggle and Snail. And if you're watching this on YouTube, you can see Snail is not just any regular snail. He is a concerned snail after the Penguins dropped their most recent game, 6-3 to three, to the Detroit Red Wings. Uh, we have some more questions to answer from our loyal listeners. The majority of these questions this week come from longtime listener Brian. So, Brian, uh, I assume you're listening. Thank you again for sending us some more of your questions as you continue what I assume is your your daily mail route as your, uh-huh. uh, bur- your borough mailman. So I appreciate you, Brian, as always, for sending us some questions. We'll get into it. Robbie, you'll take question number one here. And it's an interesting question that has nothing to do. Well, it does have something to do with the Penguins, but more so the Tampa Bay Lightning. If the Lightning somehow part ways with Steven Stamkos over the summer, 
do you think Kyle Dubas can make a swing and bring him to Pittsburgh? Probably not. Where? I mean, I, I don't know where. I mean, I guess, yeah, a guy like Sam Coach, you make room. But money-wise, I mean, I just don't see where that fits in. It's That would be an uber-complicated um, situation to make work. I don't think Sam Coach ultimately leaves Tampa Bay this summer. Um, I think that he ends up signing a deal. Uh, before free agency ever hits that gets him there for um, the rest of his career. They'd be completely stupid to let him uh, walk away as a franchise icon. But again, they've done it with Vinny LeCavier and Marty St. Louis. They've gone on to play in other places. So uh, maybe a Tampa thing, they don't, uh, they don't have that loyalty like uh, the Penguins necessarily do, but does he come to Pittsburgh? Not when there's other teams that are, on the cusp of competing that have a lot more money to throw around than the Penguins. Um, a team like we just talked about in the pre-show there a little bit. Detroit would have a ton of, ton of money to throw around. Uh, Toronto's name's going to be thrown in there just because, I mean, there was discussions that he was going to go to Toronto when he was a, a free agent in his prime, uh, chose to stay in Tampa Bay. I, I don't think – I don't see a realistic path for – uh, it to get done. I mean, obviously we can compare the Eric Carlson situation. Nobody even thought that was plausible until, uh, until about a month before it happened. So, I mean, I don't want to say never say never, but I would put uh, the odds at uh, less than 5% just because it just seems with what the Penguins have, what their plan is, uh, it would be uh, very, very difficult to somehow uh, get that, de- get that deal done and get him in this roster uh, with all the salary caps constraints, even with the cap going up next year. Um, I just think there's other, there's going to be other areas that Kyle Dubas has to focus on uh, besides bringing Steven Stamkos uh, into the fold. So never say never, but I'm putting the chances of that uh, very low uh, at the moment. Uh, question number two, uh, now that we're a few games uh, into the season, what concerns do you have uh, and what, and are the, and are, do you have any solutions to solving them oh dear this shouldn't be the question that snail gets after uh his <laughs> yeah, behavior sure. on the post game show we did last night but anyways snail what tell, tell, <laughs> tell the world what your concerns are right now yeah so we talked about him on the game recap actually and it's i think the concerns are not just my concerns it should be everybody's concerns as they are pretty blatant and obvious the depth is not contributing offensively whatsoever granted some of these players were brought in to contribute Um, more on the defensive side of the puck and not the score sheet. But, I mean, you'd expect, like, a puck to go in off someone's ass at some point or something. There's been, like, almost nothing. Um, So I would say, like, mostly it's just this lack of offense from the bottom six. I think the one thing that has me – actually, what has me more concerned than that is the power play. This is a power play with four Hall of Famers on the ice at uh, for a minute and a half. And – uh, I, I don't know how many power play goals they've scored, but there's they've gone scoreless on more than they've scored on. I can tell you that much. Last night they went uh, against the Red Wings. They went zero for three. Um, the power play was was suspect at best last year as well. And my, I mean, this might be an overreaction, but I'm I'd be I'd be calling for Reardon's head. <laughs> I think that. I mean, this is a team that has gone back to the well and recommitted to this core and have gone on record saying they will do any and all things to keep 
this team competitive and try to win another Stanley Cup with uh, for Sid and the boys. I just don't understand if that's been the mentality. Why are they not going and going out and grabbing uh, like a power play coach savant type of guy? Like they. That's what I would like. I, my solution, I guess, for this would be fire Reardon. Thank you for your services. He's kind of like the Latang whisperer. He's he's. I think he helped Latang a lot bounce back last year. But like, go out I, and I don't even know who that would technically be. Like, I don't know. I thought maybe uh um like Vancouver got Sergey Gonchar. Uh, I think he's helping run defense and power play out in Vancouver. I could be wrong, but I remember when uh, Talkit made that uh. When they hired Tockett and they brought in Gonchar, that was maybe something that he was a part of. That's somebody that I would I felt like would have been a good choice for Pittsburgh. So, I, like, uh, I don't want to interrupt, but when you were giving that example just now, like the first name, I didn't even know if it's feasibly if it was feasibly possible. Uh, I know his coaching experience was like rather limited, but the first name I thought of when you said to uh, get rid of Reardon was like Sergey Sergey Gonchar was the first name that popped into my head. I'm like, you know what? I mean, what, what, like, first off, if he's even coaching, I don't know if he is or not. What if it if he wasn't though? What would it hurt? Like, I don't think it would hurt anything. I think no. the relationship between Gonchar and Latang would be the same as it is between Reardon and Latang for you uh, describing Reardon as a Latang whisperer of sorts. But for whatever reason, I don't know if we were on the same wavelength there. That was the <laughs> name that came into my mind was uh, Sergey Gonchar as a potential replacement. Again, I don't know if he is in Vancouver, if he's still there or, you know, w- what his deal is right now with his coaching experience. But for whatever reason, yeah, uh, Gonchar was like, you know what? Yeah, let's bring him in. I Let me just double check really quick here. Because I, last I remember he was coaching. He was behind the bench. Um, he's the defensive development coach, I guess, in Vancouver. But nonetheless, Sergey Gonchar, or what? I know Trevor Daly is in the organization currently, and he actually just got a promotion this last summer. But what about a what about a guy like Trevor Daly, somebody who like was successful on the power play during like a success? I don't know. That's where my mind kind of goes. Maybe looking. I mean, Montreal went out on a limb and they hired Marty Saint Louis to like coach their team. He was coaching Pee Wee hockey before that. Like, I don't think the Penguins need to to make some some galaxy brain move and go and try to get I don't know some recycled coach like what about somebody who has some chemistry with the team already and some familiarity with the team and has been a part of the team when they were having success that's what I'm thinking as far as like a solution to this um I I it's it gets me fired up thinking about it this power play thing is going to give me an aneurysm dude like it's just too good of a team to be going over on the power play um, is that i will say not to interrupt again is that the is that the the unspoken issue though um there are so many talented players on this power play and i don't know if we've discussed it before in a previous mailbag or maybe we t- touched on it in a season preview episode um does this team have too many superstars almost for its own good in relation to the power play because everyone always talks about how perfect these passes the, the it's like how perfect do these passes have to be on the power play it's almost like the penguins are more concerned with making sure the power play goal looks pretty than rather getting it in the net to score the goal i'm not saying that's the case i don't for the record i don't believe that they believe that but it's a common it's a common uh belief among penguins fans that 
these Hall of Fame players are mer- almost more concerned with style points than they are with scoring on the power play itself. Again, I'm not here to offer solutions because I don't have them, but it's just something to keep in mind. Does it does it even matter at this point what coach you bring in if the superstars are going to do their own thing anyway on the power play? So last time I checked, yeah, there's only one puck on the ice at a time, and you've got all this talent. It's a it's a it's a lot of talent to go around. But also last time I checked, there's two power play units, and like Sid and they they load up that one and they get most of the power play time. But like I don't know, maybe maybe a solution could be trying some different players on that super loaded one. Like I I went to sleep last night thinking about this, and it's just like, what if you had Carlson on the first power play and you've got Sid, of course, on the first power play in Malkin. You've got three, three, uh, three guns, let's just say. And then you've got like they've got Raquel, who also they're trying to utilize as more of like a, a bumper guy, trigger guy. Why don't we put like Rust or like put maybe a, a player that's that isn't like Raquel is like a skill guy. Maybe take Raquel off of that first power play and put more of like a blue collar type player like Rust, who's got a hot hand right now as well. I thought maybe he deserved a little bit of time on the power play last night, the first one. Um, I don't know. Mix it up a little bit. I'd like to see maybe a little bit of creativity from the coaching staff as far as, you know, what do you have to lose at this point? Like mix up the power plays. You have two of them. mix and match pairings, something like that. I don't know. I, I want to see something. I want to see them try and, and uh, see something totally different maybe next game. But I'm uh, my blood pressure's going up. I'll, I'll put a bow on that, and uh, let's move on here to question number three from Brian again. Brian asks, what is your favorite urban legend that you believe is true? Is Area 51 considered an urban legend? No, that's just real. Okay, so do we believe Area 51 is real? Uh, I don't know. B- Bigfoot. I'll say I'll say Bigfoot is real. Do you uh, actually believe he's real? No, I don't. Well, that you really, you really back that claim up there. <laughs> it defeats the purpose of the question. Uh, I don't. I don't know. What about Are, if we live? We live in a. You seem like a simulation believer. I almost wanted to say aliens because I mean, I do believe aliens are real, but it seems like now that's not so much of an urban legend. If you, if you believe some people in Congress or some government officials recently that aliens are, are perhaps real and it's not so much of an urban legend anymore. So my, my, my gut, my gut reaction was going to say aliens. Here's one that I don't believe that I absolutely love is because I'm a Beatles fan, I love that the the big conspiracy theory around the Beatles is that Paul McCartney died in like the late 60s and they've been using a body double for Paul McCartney ever since. I just think that's uh that that is just the bee's knees as as the kids say these days. Do kids say that? I don't know. No. Uh, they don't say that. But okay, so isn't an urban legend like a legend from like your area? Like isn't that like a region specific like uh conspiracy? I guess if you like if you really dissect the word urban I guess in that, from that perspective maybe so. If that's the case, there is an urban legend that I think it's hokey pokey, but um there's there's supposedly a creature in West Virginia 
called the Mothman, and uh, I think there's a statue dedicated to him uh, somewhere in West Virginia. Uh, I think it's uh, it's the stupidest thing in the world. <laughs> but uh, if you want to go local, I'll go with the Mothman and say that I I believe he's real. I mean, hell, they have a statue dedicated to this fake fake creature. I I, I just think it's the funniest thing in the world. But uh, that that's it for for my urban legend. Snail, did you, did you want to add something to that? What, what what crazy things are happening in the woods in the PNW? Dude, I feel like all of them are happening here. Like Sasquatch is the big one. Did you guys see that video? Like the people on the train claiming that they saw a real Sasquatch? No, I didn't. It was yeah, like like a week ago or something like that. Did you see? You saw it, Robbie? I saw the video, but like obviously the video was like from like five hundred yards away. You couldn't really tell anything. Because it, God it, forbid you use Zoom. I thought I think he used Zoom. I think it was from five. It was from like five hundred yards away. But they were on a train, and they, it's just this Sasquatch lumbering in the tall grass, and then he like squats down and hides. And it's like, dude, if that's a, I mean, like I don't know if that's a person though. That's such crazy effort. Like that guy got like helicoptered, like dropped into that mountain range that 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 train goes through, and he's in it. He's in like a extremely expensive sasquatch suit probably like 100 degrees in that thing um but anyways uh i don't know it urban legends out here there's there's sasquatch there's a i think like the first ufo sighting ever was in washington um they're all real man it's just there's no urban legends they're just it's just it all probably happened it's all real i love it it is all real you know what i'm gonna believe it what about you robbie Oh yeah, Robbie, do you have anything? Uh, not something I really buy into much with the urban legends. Um, I don't really got much on that. I mean, just not something I really have dedicated much time to uh, going in depth on. Well, dedicate more of your time to this next question. Question <laughs> number four: How many Pee Wee hockey players would it take to, stop, to take to stop Sidney Crosby from scoring a goal? Well, a significant amount. I mean, you'd have to make it to the point where he almost couldn't skate uh, without, like, just start trucking kids left and right. No, that's what I would be. I'd be trucking. Yeah, I'd, I would just be. He's too nice to just start trucking kids. Now, if you could pin him in one end, but what are the odds? Uh, like, you'd have to have some, a goalie in there that, like, he could just flip it down the ice. Um, it would take. Okay, so 5, 10, 15, 20. Oh, man. I'm just trying, like, it would take at least 100. I'm just thinking about, like, lining kids up, like, five across. Like, no, you'd need. Is there contact? <laughs> That's what I mean. Like, you have I to, hope like, so. Like, okay, they can commit. They're allowed to let's just say they're allowed to commit like hooking and slashing. They can't trip, but they can like hack away at the stick and his hands. I mean, he's. I mean, dude, his base is so strong. That's like, what I, if, mean, like <laughs> I mean, he couldn't. He didn't even need to like commit any like sort of like atrocities. He could just kind of like puck protect his way, and it would just yeah. It could be like it would be slaughter out there. I will. My official guess will be. It will take an F ton. A metric F ton. A metric F ton of Pee Wee hockey player to stop Sidney Crosby from scoring a legit goal. It just, yeah, it just, I mean, 
Yeah. A metric F ton. Like maybe not even like an actual number, but like a measurement of like peewee players per square foot on the ice. Yeah, something like like you need like so much ice covered to where he couldn't get <laughs> enough free space to get around like around them, even with his speed and his uh, strength. Like that could pin that would have it. Like if you got enough children, like they could pin like anybody against the wall. <laughs> this conversation has gone much more in depth than I originally anticipated it getting to, uh, which, you know, I, I appreciate the, the, the lengths that we've gone to, to try and decipher, you know, how many kids it would actually take to stop a 36 year old man from scoring a goal. Well, here we have another hypothetical for question number five here from Brian, who decided what words were cuss words? Liberals. Uh, no, I don't know. Probably like people from the church or something. I typically a, a swear word or a cuss word is derived from, I don't know, some sort of like, like, like a taboo of some sort, uh, sex, drugs, rock and roll, uh, death, pee and poo. I, I don't know all those things. So I don't know people who are soft people. I don't like to hear that stuff. <laughs> <laughs> that's who that's just, fair. Just that's fair. people who are soft in general uh moving on here uh question number six from brian brian asks what is the most annoying thing people do in public we got a round table this okay yeah uh i would say Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda, you never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Hmm. So, talking too loudly on speakerphone that's yeah that's fair uh that's that's the correct answer that's one yeah i mean there's a lot of correct answers but that like right now with technology that might be the most correct answer yeah yeah okay i'm, I'm glad i'm glad the three of us are in agreement here so i'll i'll go with that one uh robbie we'll go with you then we'll go snail um i'm going to say eating a well-done steak. It's been nice knowing you guys. Uh, I, <laughs> uh, I'm going to leave the studio now. I, I have taken too much abuse over the last like two I, weeks. You're the one that brings it on yourself by eating well-done steak. Have you and done that in public though, Garrett? Like, have you ordered that at a restaurant? I rarely order steaks at restaurants. So do you eat a well-done burger? Oh yeah. 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 Jeez. Oh, that I, I, I <laughs> for, First off, Snail, you have no room to talk because you're a vegan. Second off, <laughs> Robbie. Snail, 
screw you. Yeah, screw you. <laughs> What's I? Hey, I'm just protecting myself against foodborne illness. Is what I'm doing. No, you're not. <laughs> Wait, why? Why can't you believe me when I say that? Even if it's not the case. Why are you so scared of foodborne illness? Uh, it's the first thing that came to mind when I was trying to find an excuse. Yeah, there it is. <laughs> as to why I eat my meat well done. Yeah, uh, there it is. If, if I'm being brutally honest with everybody. <laughs> uh, again, I think sometimes a this... good bout of diarrhea will do well. You got to clean out the pipes. You do. Hey, that, I can do that without having to eat a, ah. a cow who's still breathing. So, okay, so. Uh, Robbie has insulted me. I've given mine. And Snail, what is the most annoying thing that people do in public? It's people talking. It's like it's what you said. It's people talking on speakerphone in public. And I see it all the time. I hear it all the time. I've had Uber drivers doing it. It's just like, dude, I don't need to. It just like gets in like it gets in my own head. Pretty soon I'm thinking about the stuff that they're talking about and I don't even want to be thinking about their conversation. It like interrupts my thoughts. I'm like trying to think and it's like like in a grocery store. I'm like, okay, I'm looking at my grocery list and then somebody's just like yapping away on their phone behind me and I can hear their whole conversation. I can't stand it. So I'm going to have to agree with you. It's people, people not utilizing headsets or Bluetooth or what have you. Yeah, we have way too much cheap, easy, accessible technology for that kind of stuff to be uh, pervasive throughout society at this point. Or like, why do these people not have any shame in like keeping their conversations private? Like for me, if I get a phone call, no matter where I'm at, whether it's at work, at a friend's house, in my own home, I'll step outside, I'll step into a separate room, I'll I'll call that person back when I'm in the car or something. Like it's just I don't I don't want other people hearing like my conversations, even if it's nothing taboo or private or whatever like don't, don't you guys feel similarly like are won't you yeah. guys like take a step away when from I your conversations a, when i get a phone call uh my my buddy calls me on his drive home from work every day and like if i'm downstairs in the living room i'll just like by instinct i'll just get up and go somewhere else that like no one else's it's just instinct i don't know if I, like it's human nature for me at least for some you people, might say I'll, common sense yeah 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 so, uh, yeah, I, I will definitely step away and, and do my own thing. And I, I don't want to uh, distract other people who are like watching TV. But at the same time, I don't want you listening to like what could be potentially like sensitive information. Well, OK, with that, uh, we'll go to question seven. Regrettably, this question goes to Robbie here. Uh, this question comes from Brian. Whose start to the season is most impressive? Sid is doing Sid things as always, but it looks like if Guinea Malkin is, in Brian's terms, bussin' in all caps. He's playing like he's 27 again. I think the extra time off from missing the postseason has helped Gino. Robbie, would you agree? Yeah, I, Malkin has to be up there. Uh, Brian Russ has to be up there. Uh, Riley Smith, I thought, has been just lights out since since uh in his first four games as a penguin just and again riley smith coming off a short summer uh looks like he's fresh and uh ready to roll uh riley smith has looked fantastic uh as well i mean crosby's crosby what 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 what, what are you gonna do and i think you could pick about anybody in that top six um has been impressive in their own way i mean um uh, overall the top six again we said last night it's not the problem um, 
Gino obviously uh, looks like he's uh, taken all the haters and losers to heart. Was not happy with how last season ended. Um, uh, but I'm, if I had to pick one, I'm going to say Riley Smith. I've been uh, wholly impressed with what he's brought to the table. I've I, mean, I have not heard anything in the fan base about um, keeping Jason Zucker or regret that they let Jason Zucker go because Riley Smith has been um, even better than advertised uh, through these first four games. I understand it's four games, but if that mo- if that chemistry with Malkin keeps up, uh, he could very well put up a career year. You see Gino was snubbed off the top 100 list? Yeah, uh, I don't remember. Everybody in Pittsburgh did. Yeah. What do you guys think about that? Do you see uh, like Owen Power and like JT Miller were projected to be like better than Gino? I think it's absolutely ridiculous. I mean, first off, I don't want to give any more airtime or publicity to ESPN than they already got for the publishing this list. But it's not the first time because the NHL put out their literal own league rankings during their centennial season where Evgeny Malkin once again was not on that list. And that was what, five years ago, six years ago, something like that. So once again, the disrespect of Evgeny Malkin lives on even five or so years after they published the NHL publishes that list. Again, I don't know how it's physically possible. I I literally, all you have to do is look at just type in all time NHL stats and his name is probably in the top 10, if not the top 15. I, I don't know where exactly, but it's just it's just ludicrous that he is left off that list. Didn't he just pass McGillney for third yes. all time? Yeah, and he'll probably pass Fedorov this year. and He'll pass Fedorov this year at the rate he's going, and then it's just yeah. Ovi, isn't it? Yep. Yeah, which obviously he's never going to catch Ovechkin, but he... True. Uh, it would be, be tough to hit 500 this year. I think he'd need like 40 goals. Not saying it's impossible, just don't know if he has 40 in him, but he's going to hit 500 like at the at the latest. Well, if that summer. power play would get figured out, maybe he would hit 40 goals. Yeah, but... Snail's um, vendetta and crusade against the power play knows no bounds. Apparently. Speaking of which, Snail, uh, it has been brought to my attention, the producer in my ear, which is just myself, has told me <laughs> that you have a question to round out this edition of the mailbag. Is that true? I do. I had a question, but it kind of got covered at, at one point. Oh. And so I'm actually just typed in a question into a random question generator on my yeah. phone. Yeah, oh, fill the gosh. content. And uh, the question is, this is kind of a Brian-esque question, I think. So uh, so maybe Brian gets a lot of his questions from random question generator. <laughs> it's actually from a, a Washington, University of Washington, right? Local. <laughs> local uh, website here uh it says if you could live in a book a tv show or movie what would it be garrett you can't say star wars why not that's like uh, <laughs> i want to live if i want to live where would i live honestly if there's one planet that i could move to in the star wars universe um the forest moon endor i was thinking endor haha <laughs> I, I really it was between Endor or Coruscant because I mean the whole planet is just one big city. Not Alderaan. Uh, unfortunately, <laughs> unfortunately, with with how things, I, I I don't think Alderaan. Well, yeah, those people never rebuilt Alderaan because all of those people died, unfortunately, in that tragic accident. Uh, but I don't see, know if accidents the right word. Is the Death Star a planet? 
Um, There's two of them that are gone. The Death Star is a space station, but it's made it's it's constructed to look like a planet. Is there Earth in Star Wars? Is there any Uh, mention of Earth? uh, I don't believe so. It take the the story takes place in a galaxy far, far away. And I don't think these people. Andor is kind of earthy. Well, yeah, it's it, it, it looks eerily similar to Northern California, if you ask yeah. me. But here, so here's the it. thing about Endor. The entire planet, I'm assuming the entire planet is like similar to what you see in Return of the Jedi. Well, that's that's the moon, though. Oh, you're right. Yeah, that's you're forest right. moon of Endor. Forest moon. So, like, so, do you feel like living with a bunch of teddy bears? That's, or That's the thing. Like, do oh, I, the Ewoks? Yes. Yeah. Do I destroy and uh, what's the word I'm looking for? You can't destroy the Ewoks. No, not destroy. Oh. Deforestation. Like, do I just come in and, oh, like, and create a, like a city or something? Yeah, like what they're doing with the Amazon rainforest in real life. You know, just tear down trees and shit. Well, the Ewoks will fight back. They that's the, the See, that's the scary thing is that they'll fight back. I could and, see Garrett in like a robe and he's just like the Ewoks leader. He's just like gone in and they they take respect it. me <laughs> for my authority. So anyway, uh yeah, you know what? I'm trying to do one last quick like run through in my head of the planets. Uh Tatooine is too hot. It doesn't look like there'd be air conditioning there. Uh, Hoth is too cold. Uh, doesn't look like there'd be heat there. <laughs> Um, Ed- Endor, like the forest moon of Endor, would be that happy medium. No, you know what? I, oh, I changed my answer. Uh, Naboo. I want to live on Naboo. That's fair. Everything is peaceful there. Uh, I can I can live with the Gungans in Gungan City if I want to go on a retreat, like a vacation. Uh, so my final answer is Naboo, and uh, I will I'll shift it over to Robbie. Where where do you want to live in a fictional world? Oh boy. I was not expecting um, this question, uh, but it's a really good question. It is a very Brian question, but I'm going to say uh, the Shire from Lord of the Rings. I would be That's taller. Really good. I would be taller than everyone. Therefore, basically a god uh, to them. <laughs> they would do all the farming. I mean, just give me like a tall, pointy hat, some long bottom leaf, some a big staff. Um, and I could just pretend I have some magical powers and I'd be like, uh, 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 like a Greek God to them. Like imagine the power you would have now. Would I get tired of eating potatoes all the time? Uh, probably. No, potatoes are delicious. I, they are, but like you need to got to mix it up every once in a while. got to get some different recipes. The good thing is potatoes are very, uh, a very versatile food stuff. So, uh, yeah, I'd say the Shire, it's very peaceful, very quiet. Um, everyone seems really friendly and chill, um, especially now that the ring has been destroyed. Uh, it, yeah, it seems very uh, nice and quiet, laid back and chill. So I'm going to say the Shire from Lord of the Rings and slash the Hobbit. Snail, very good. It comes down to you. Uh, Springfield from The Simpsons. Oh my god! <laughs> what? The Simpsons. Yeah, roast roast him, Robbie. You you've roasted me a thousand times. Why don't you return the favor? And I mean, that's not as bad as well done steak, but. I, I don't know. What's your reasoning? I want to hear the reasoning. I don't know. I just love The Simpsons, man. It just looks like oh, a comfy okay. place. It's just like a nice, uh, it looks like a nice place to live. I would, 
I'd be at Moe's Tavern enjoying uh enjoying bever- uh, Duff beer and and whatnot, Flaming Moe's and uh Have you ever played the game uh Simpsons Hit and Run? I grew up with that game. You did? Uh, I know what it is, but I never played it. I think of when I think about living in Springfield, I think of that game. You really get to see the city in depth and it's mm-hmm. it's a little gritty, it's cozy. Just just a nice place to live, I think. So, um when I was like six years old, I don't know if I've ever told this story uh, in this kind of setting. When I was six years old, me and my best friend, Mike, we were playing Grand Theft Auto at his house. And um, we lived like two doors down from each other. So one night uh, we were, I was coming back home to my house. He was, we were walking out um, and my dad was outside in the front yard, like trimming hedges or cutting grass or something, putting, taking the trash out, doing something. And uh, my, my, my friend goes up to my dad. My dad goes, oh, what did you guys do today? What, what were you doing over at Mike's house? And he goes, oh, we were playing this game called Grand Theft Auto. Now, my dad. Knows oh, nothing my about, gosh. <laughs> my dad, to this day, knows nothing about video games or video game culture. But Mike, in his six-year-old mind, thought it would be a good idea to describe in great detail oh, yeah. what we were doing yeah. on Grand Theft Auto Vice City. Are you saying you want to live in What Vice were City? you doing on Grand Theft Auto Vice City? Everything that a six-year-old who gets their hands on Vice City would be doing. Like, Killing hookers. Exactly. We were beating them with baseball bats. We were Oh yeah. We were carjacking people. We were lighting people on fire like and we were we were having the time of our lives. He ends up telling my dad all of this in great detail. From that point forward until I was like 13, uh we i remember we snuck grand theft auto over like he would have like the nhl 06 case for playstation 2 and instead of nhl 06 it was like gta vice city or gta san andreas uh so i grew up it's funny i just wanted to connect that because my mom bought me simpsons hit and run which is basically grand theft auto with the simpsons coat of paint over it oh it is and I mean, I love, I love hit and run. I, like I said, I grew up with it. I had so much fun with it. Um, anyway, yeah, that, that, that's a, uh, less connected story, a sidebar, if you will, for how I was from the age of six to like 13, 14, I could not play mature rated video games. Soft. So you'd have to like essentially uh, smuggle that game in we, and like it was contraband. There was no, essentially, that's exactly what we did. Like, I remember during the winter times, he would, again, we only live two doors down, but in his winter jacket, he would like shove the game in his winter jacket. So it would look very unassuming and we would run upstairs and we would put GTA Vice City or San Andreas in my PS2 and we would just play that for like six, seven hours until he had to go home. Crushing pizza bagels, playing, beating up hookers in GTA. That is exactly what we did. And I have the, I had the best childhood because of it good times well fellas uh anything else you'd like to add before we wrap up this edition of the pens cast mailbag i got nothing all right well uh until the next episode of the mailbag until the penguins find a way to rip our hearts out once again for snail for robbie noggle i have been garrett behanna thank you so much for listening to this edition of the skating penguin network and we will talk to all of you again very soon